RadioInfluence.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. and the response and dedication of our citizens whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, Without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America 
specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Let me tell you why you're here. You have 210 stories. What two Office buildings. Oh we just God. witnessed some kind of... You don't find a desk. Secondary. secondary. You don't find a chair. Follow-up explosion on the World Trade Center. You don't find a telephone. Uh, some kind of explosion. A lot of smoke come out of the top. 110 stories high. They are no longer there. Building collapsed to dust. To dust. To dust. To dust. To dust. To dust. This is your last chance. I would ask. After this, there is no turning back. Once all the facts are out. You take the blue pill. For your understanding. The story ends. And for your forgiveness. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. Media is the... You take the red, red Nervous pill. system of a democracy. You stay in Wonderland. If it's not functioning well, the, the democracy, democracy can't, can't function. function. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The democracy the can't function. The red pill. Take the red pill. You have to let it all go. Take the red pill. Fear. WTC7.net. Free your mind. Blood, I believe, is the quote in that opening. <clears throat> if it's if it's not functioning, the democracy can't function. Uh, our democracy definitely isn't functioning. It's we, well, you know, I know the difference between a republic and a democracy. I always get fucking notes from you dudes. When like, Dude, we're in a republic, we're not a democracy. You need to get it right if you want to be a hundred. Yeah. You know, I love the fact you listen. Sometimes I hate the fact you listen. <laughs> but that's what we do here at Dangerous Conversation. From out on the ledge studios, deep in the heart of the belly of the beast, below the bowels of the incubus, and multi-headed hydra, where we fight. We tell our last breath. Um, yeah, 
Media is the lifeblood of a democracy. If it's not functioning, the democracy can't function, Republican. And ours is like uh, bought and paid for. Six corporations own it all. All the magazines, all the newspapers, all the radio stations, most of them. Some are mom and pop. Television stations, cable stations, satellite networks. It's pretty much, you want to control the narrative, you control the messen- uh, the, uh, the broadcast facility. It's so Orwellian to be in the Orwellian United States of America. When <laughs> somebody's... I'm so sorry, but I'm <laughs> what was her name? Her name is Reality Winning. Wait, seriously? <laughs> okay, Reality Winner. Reality Winner. Now, if I'm like you know, hey, you know, we're writing this book called 1984 and. It's everything. It's just so the, the language is all in code. It's like Pravda on steroids. It's read between the lines, and here's what we'll say, and here's what we'll mean when we say it. And and and, and of course, the, you know, the people fighting are the ones that are going along on the outside, but fighting on the inside. And and just one of the characters' name is Reality Winner. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time on this one. As we're going to talk about it, as by the way, we're going to do some more of our, our batters. Our, uh, what I consider, um, again, like I said last week, these are, none of these people are new to what they're doing in their YouTube channels and so forth. But I do understand and I feel their passion. Some of these people have talent. They're great ranters. Um, most of them lean one way or the other, but most identify. Actually, some of them, most of these, I think, including in, in her own name, Sane Progressive. I think her name is Debbie. So again, they're not new to a lot of you, uh, and there is some infighting, and and it's um, you, you can always kind of tell who the troll is or who took a paycheck to suddenly attack another new media person. Let's say someone who has four hundred thousand YouTube subscribers attacks someone else who has ninety-seven thousand, and when I say attacks, they basically, in this case, of course, we're talking about the DNC lawsuit. And we're talking about, uh, it's so important, it's beyond so important to hold these people accountable, not just the $300 million uh, from the actual Bernie uh, Bernie bots that want maybe hey, a, a check back or, or an actual lawsuit or actual uh, punitive damages versus now we've got the DNC. Now, we, if this lawsuit goes forward and it's, sh- well, I can't say it should. Because who knows? I can only imagine the amount of pressure on that judge right now. Wow. I mean, the two lawyers, uh, I think they're husband and wife or brother and sister. Again, I'm so new to some of this stuff. Um, that And the stories unfold so quickly that that's why I take my time making up my mind now is because there really is a 24-hour news cycle on the Internet as well. Not just uh, CNN and MSNBC and that version of the 24-hour news cycle, something they want you to watch over and over again, some terrorist bombing or, oh, Russia did it, Russia did it. You know, the narrative is here on this channel, and then you switch, oh, there, it's, there it is again. And and you realize that what people are, would call the deep state or the true powers that be, all the way at the top of the banking institutions, Federal Reserve, 
true power, military industrial complex, big oil, big pharma. Basically, just, you know, picture the five families uh, in, you know, the Godfather, and that's what you have. That's really what you have is you have we live in a corporatocracy that is run by all the big, big fat cats all sitting around the room smoking cigars like the frog. See, I'm going to get that courageous cat. Edward G. Robinson, that, you know, like that kind of guy. Well, they exist for real. They have a tremendous amount of power. They can ruin small countries uh, just by shifting funds. And they pretty much, they do. Uh, I don't know if it's a handful of six or 12 or, or it's the, the Pentagram or, or, you know, all the numbers and all the, all the council seats 16 and like, uh, 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 Bilderberg and uh, I'm like, you know what? All I know is at the top of this pyramid is a couple. When I mean couple, I mean good handful, a couple dozen maybe, of just greedy motherfuckers that could care less about you or me. We are like ants to these people. And they've been able to control the narrative for so long. Uh, you know, decades and decades and decades. You know, Eisenhower warned us right out of World War II. What do you think Kennedy's speech was about? When he's talking about the true powers that be, the deep state. Yeah, he lasted, what, another year? He put some silver certificates in rotation as money, real money, not Federal Reserve notes. Ended up getting his fucking forehead blown off three, three months later. What do you think he was talking about? Oh, that's just all conspiracy. No, 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 no. There are very, very, very powerful people behind the scenes. Absolutely. Now, people will get into, oh, it's, you know, it is the Rothschild, or it's this banking family, or it's, or it's a cabal, and it's the Queen, and it's the Vatican. And you hear all the theories, and, you know, that's that George Norrie kind of stuff, where it's already being confirmed that there are powerful people that aren't your president, or your house representative, or the person on, on the news channel. And the only reason those people are there is to facilitate the matrix of illusion of choice and little by little either people don't care um have lost faith in the system i know i started challenging electric voting booths when i saw god this was way way back 2004 mit hacked a a voting machine in like five minutes and and flipped it from 51 to 49 you know basically they changed the winner and i was like jesus christ five minutes that's all it takes that's that's how secure my votes are or vote and that was in 2004, five, something like that. So I, I became a disbeliever in the system, for sure, realizing. I, I mean, just, you know, who, what was the name of the company stumping for Bush in 2000? Diebold or Diebold. They made voting machines in Ohio. And they were stumping for Bush. <laughs> I get it. You know, you get your free speech and you get to put your money, your political money where you want. But, you know, maybe if I'm running for president, I don't want a guy that creates voting machines for a living to endorse me. (laughs) You can't make this shit up. So I became a disbeliever a while ago. Unless we truly have paper ballots and they're recountable and and, and that kind of thing where we literally have a physical vote represented by a piece of paper. I'm going to I'm going to doubt it. I'm going to constantly wonder, oh, in this close election, it's uh, only one off by one tenth of one percent. And I'm like, you know, and and everybody, you know, I'm not getting into people lying about the numbers like the Hillary crowd was saying, oh, we're going to be Trump and we're way ahead and CNN doing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actually going in to vote. 
going closing the booth behind you or the window the curtain behind you and there you are like the wizard of oz ready to change the world what if none of that's real well the dnc lawsuit basically <laughs> right about the time i was starting to believe that the system could be changed from within where there were just enough and this is what i love about the people i played last week and i'll play you this week uh, is because they're smart, they're intelligent. They still have their own opinions about specific topics, but they are really motivated by the, just what is the truth? What is the truth? Okay, if the truth eventually comes out that it absolutely was the Russians, and we're shown a paper trail, and it's verified by you know a bunch of experts, and it turns out that yes, Seth Rich wasn't the DNC leaker, and Russia really did hack the DNC, and you know what? Show me the proof. Okay, instead of talking about it and talking about it, an unnamed source, you know, the Washington Post and New York Times. Uh, we have got two unnamed sources, okay? Okay. Yeah. I get it. You're a newspaper man. You're supposed to get, you know, I'm Deep Throat. I'm Deep Throat too. Can't give you my real name, but here's the information. Okay. See, see the, the part where they actually... Give them tangible information that they can prove instead of saying, well, a source within the CIA has spoken to the Washington Post and, uh, and confirmed uh, it was Russians. <laughs> People just don't get that. They, they you know, if, if you don't like Trump, believe me, I'm no fan. I am no fan of that dude. But here's what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing the deep state in panic. And it's it's like, they, you know. Let's use a good analogy. They're running from us, and they just pulled a hamstring, a good one. And they're like, okay, they're not going to be able to, you know, eventually we're going to catch them. And that's the DNC lawsuit. Is not only catching the crooked politicians rig an election. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Why aren't people just fucking all over this? Oh, that's right. It was your candidate, and you don't like Trump. So I'm going to not. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did cheat. Yeah, Bernie, yeah. That's sad, huh? So anyways, Trump, don't you see, if you want to go into that booth two years from now, you want to trust it that if you, like, let's say Bernie runs again or Tulsi Gabbard or whoever, you know, they're going to give us some people to choose from, and you like one, and you get behind that person, Well, what? and you go to the primary and you vote. How do you know that the whole fucking thing's not rigged? Why even go unless you trust it? Well, how did you, I'm, I got news for you. This is a big pussy wound inside the party, the D- DNC, and it's festering and it's getting in there. And, and you got two choices. Cut it open, <laughs> reveal it, open it up, go through the lawsuit, douche the bitch. Sorry, didn't mean to double on that. Douche it, clean it out. Clean the wound. Maybe you may. I hope I am old enough to live long enough to see anybody, let's say, well, let me see. Iran-Contra people went to jail. Has anybody gone to jail in, ju- in government since? I'm sure there's a few. I mean, I'm not talking about the whistleblowers. I'm talking about people who got caught doing something and actually had to pay the fucking price. And of course, you know, G. Gordon Liddy gets out and does becomes a talk show host, and uh, Oliver North gets out and becomes a talk show host. Um, 
because many people didn't didn't have a problem with us with the government and and basically half of the 1980s military industrial complex trying to find a way to yes sell weapons and get them to contras without actually directly funding them and in comes Iran and they got caught they got fucking caught a lot more independent newspapers back then for sure so now we got a, we got a group of people that got caught and the reason the DNC thing is so big is if you truly want to trust the voting system, if you want to, especially either side of the aisle. By the way, I get this all the time from people that are Ron Paul fans, and I always say, you know what, you're absolutely right. And they always say to me, you know, Ledge, the RNC did the same thing to Ron Paul. I was like, oh, yeah. I was going to root for Ron Paul. And uh, was, are, we, are we talking uh, 2012, not 08. Yeah, 2012. And... Finding out that they would marginalize him, the graphic would always like list him third, even though he had won. And I think what happened when we saw Wasserman Wasserman Schultz, I think it was on an MSNBC show, basically admit out loud. I might even play a bit of audio of uh, Anomaly talking about this. That that's really what the super delegates are all about. That's that's the system is rigged. And she literally said, almost, I'm paraphrasing, oh, superdelegates exist to quell any grassroots candidates that we don't want. So, you know, Bernie's turns, oh, yeah, we're grassroots. And the DNC's like, oh, well, you know, we don't want this, dude. Uh, so, first of all, they marginalize him. Okay? Now, who knows if numbers weren't rigged. They certainly, if you get down to the Clinton machine of how much airtime she got versus Bernie, I'm talking primaries, not general election. So you have to ask yourself, you know, how many layers of sucking being just scum will we find if the DNC lawsuit opens up that door? And will it will it actually create maybe some safe firewalls or maybe the DNC rewrites their own? Charter, Constitution, whatever they call that. So I, it's huge. And, of course, what does it do to CNN and MSNBC and Fox and all these people that are like, Russia did it, Russia did Well, if it turns out that, yes, Seth Rich was murdered because he was the leak, and as many, many people are starting to strongly, and Julian Assange has all but said it out loud, and the amount of money surrounding it. Uh, this case, this a, it's a murder case. Okay, then it, of course it's a political corruption case, and then it, of course it it kind of melds into what I talked about at the very beginning of the corporations controlling the narrative, and this is why all your TVs aren't talking about the DNC lawsuit. I even put a message up to someone: show me the Young Turks doing it. I know Jimmy Dore is, and he's part of that network, but I consider him different. I don't know if if Jank and uh, as Anna Jank and Anna have covered it the way you'll hear it covered tonight by a few people. Though the funny thing is, we're actually going to kick, kick off with the same progressive and a little bit of backstory. She's done a little bit more looking into the story. Is only what two days old yesterday. This whole this whole reality winner. <laughs> Hi, I am not all human. My name is. Reality winner. What is your name? Like half cyborg. It's like, you know, it's just. <laughs> All right. I, okay. Just bear with me. It's fucking bullshit. 
it's not real. I'm I, I'm not sure Assange has already given given her her blessing, um, but just the name alone, and <laughs> I picture a bunch of guys in a room in the CIA going, "We oh, we got to invent our own leak. Uh, we need someone to come forward as a leaker and then uh, you know leak it to a, you know one of the uh, new." news information things out there like yeah the intercept but um it's can't be like real deep information that could really burn us or burn anybody but we just we have to make sure we mention russia hacking the election (laughs) dude what a great idea we'll have our own leaker cover their leaker ha with more leak we'll be like peeing uh, uh, i'm sorry man i know i'm not supposed to talk about my sex life sorry it, it it won't happen again. It won't happen again, I'm telling you. But I did be a little, I'm excited about this. We got our own leaker. Reality winner. Okay. I had to say that. Because those, those things happen in the deep state, in little rooms with very powerful people. And they have little badges and they glow in the dark and they have like secret handshakes and they got to put their eyeball up to a scanner and they, and they go, it's like get smart. All the doors open one at a time and close. And they go like level five, please. Oh, rectal. I'm oh, no, sorry. <laughs> I said, I was going to say rectal. And then I wanted to say now, anyways, um, a different kind of identification system rather than the retina. There's, they actually have a rectal inspector and they, you know, cause it's kind of like, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> so they're down at level five, you know, like 400 million feet below the surface of the planet. And they're in a triple steel uranium, stranium, bibanium uh, thing that they could easily live in in case the bomb went off. And that's, that's like, that's their office. And they're there every day. And they're like, like, well, we need a leaker. So then they have like, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're like little ping pong balls, but they have Velcro on them. And you're like, you use them as like darts. Okay. These have ideas on them and you throw it to the wall and you see what sticks. You know, what do you guys think of the name Reality Winner? And there's like dead silence in the room. And he's going to think like, oh, they're all going to go, that's so stupid, right? And all of a sudden the little light bulb goes off. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. So we're going to hear about Reality Winner. I think at the end of the show, if I'm smart enough and can remember, I, I have this weird feeling about some of the mainstream media. Not all of it, but I'm right now I'm calling it there, as in T-H-E-Y, apostrophe R-E, as in they are, Pravda now. And I have a theory that some people that work in mainstream media know they work in mainstream media and know they're basically part of controlling the narrative, but they're kind of like the people towards the end of the Russia, of the Soviet Union, where they would mention things and make fun of them while mentioning them, of course, or discount them or try to smear them. But the, but the bottom line was the topic was there to read. With the moment I, I'm starting to think that conspiracy theory is not just a way to try to disparage people that put a lot of their heart, mind, soul journey spiritual journey, physical journey 
Ooh, <clears throat> that was attractive. Um, just seeking truth and having been made a better person for it. Or they have audiences of, you know, 4 million listeners or viewers or something. But everybody does that. So, so everyone's being called a conspiracy theorist now. Have you noticed? And I'm hearing that word all the time now. I mean, I used to hear it a little bit towards the beginning of the 9-11 truth movement, which was about 2004, my rabbit hole moment. And as, you know, zeitgeist came out and loose change and all the different documentaries and architects and engineers was formed. And little by little, you could see the structure of everyone seeking 9-11 truth. Somewhere over here is firemen and actual witnesses. Somewhere over here is people who survived being in a building and came out alive and described bombs going off. And all these witnesses that were put into these documentaries because they never made it into the 9-11 Commission. Half of them never got to testify. And, uh, of course, none of their testimonies, other than just a few brief descriptions of building imploding or something, uh, were ever used. So in 2004 to about 2010, we'll call that six-year period, I saw the structure building around the 9-11 truth movement. I kind of feel that what we're seeing now is the second new wave of, of YouTubers. A lot of people have been doing it a long time. Some of these people are new to me. I'll keep saying it. They may not be new to you. But I see a lot of this. And I see, of course, why you know, the controlling factors certainly want to silence the Internet. Is because we're doing a good job of disseminating questions and some rants. And some of these people are going to do some great rants. This could be a pretty long show, I think. Yeah, we'll get it in just under the wire, though. I think we'll do fine with it. <clears throat> so my final thought about the Pravda thing is what if I'm Sam and I work at the, the Daily News and I hate what I do because I'm a truther at heart? Okay, so I write articles that disparage truthers, to keep them barking back at me. It's like typical left versus right way to get ratings kind of stuff. You understand what I'm saying here? You know, Rachel Maddow calls out Bill O'Reilly, and Bill O'Reilly attacks Stephen Colbert, okay? Well, <clears throat> let's face it. They all get corporation paychecks, and, and at the end of the day, they get $7 million a year to spout one side of an argument. So, I don't know if I should trust those people anymore, to be honest with you. But, think about it this way. Let's say there's a huge Seth Rich conspiracy. And let's say all the people I play you tonight and everyone I played you last week all are on absolute, they're dead, I mean, they're dead on correct, that it is an actual real conspiracy. Okay. What is going to drive that conversation? What, what's going to expand that audience outside of those people other than just personal references? Hey, man, check out the same progressive. I just subscribed to her channel. You might like her. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, you know what's going to happen is when they get attacked by mainstream media, because let's face it, a lot of people do not get information from the Internet. They are strictly watching Fox or picking up a newspaper at the donut shop. And that is OK. And suddenly there there I am. You know, I write for oh, page 11. Dumb conspiracy theorists can't get rid of Seth Rich story. Now, that guy who sees that has no knowledge about what we're even talking about. Doesn't know what's, who Seth Rich is, doesn't know about the DNC leaks. Doesn't, you know, he's just one of those. Suddenly, because I, Mr. Newspaper Man, made fun of the truthers, okay, and that's my provd way of getting the topic 
in the fucking newspaper. Think about it. If they ignored, if every newspaper, every television person, every single mainstream media outlet everywhere in this country simply ignored every uh, ask quest for an interview, you know, can I talk about Seth Rich? No, we're, we're not covering that. Okay. If they completely ignored the story, it would eventually disappear. But they don't. They're on it and they're making fun of people. And now they have people within, let's say, the new media community are attacking each other. You're going to hear some good. This is this is heating up. This is good stuff. This is so healthy for a republic, democracy, call it what you will. This is what you need. You need the back and forth. You need. Oh, yeah. Did you know this? Oh, you know, I didn't. Can you send me the link? Oh, my God. Now I think a little different about something that is happening everywhere on the Internet. They kind of fake it on TV. Welcome to uh, Good Morning, uh, you know, CBS uh, Sunday Morning. Our guests today are Blowhard, Blowhard, and another Blowhard, all from the great uh, place, uh, Washington, D.C., Senators and Rebel. Well, thank you for calling. You know, we got we have people talking real issues, asking about evidence out loud, wondering why Judicial Watch has to get involved. You know, oh, yeah, by the way, they're using, you know. Freedom of Information Act. This thing is heating up. I don't know if this is on the level of 9-11 simply because of carnage and death and what it led to. But this story is, it's not underground. It's certainly not underground. It's getting, it's literally, it's it's a lot of places, you know, the hashtags do wonders, man, on Twitter. You just type in a Seth Rich hashtag and that thread goes forever. And there are hundreds, thousands and thousands of people up there going, don't let this story die. This is too important. It's not just about Seth, God rest his soul, and his parents finding the killer or killers. It's not just about the DNC uh, leak. It also has to do with killing a Russian narrative that is fake, that most of us know is 99% produced by the deep state. This is a very interesting time, uh, you know, Trump aside, man, uh, you know, I, I get, here's what happened real quick. Trump gets elected. I'm like, all right, I want to give him 100 days and see what happens. You know, his 100 days comes and goes. And like this, this Seth Rich story just pops back up. I remember when it was originally there, you know, I was uh, I was going to vote for Bernie if he had won the, uh, the you know, the nomination. I was going to vote for Bernie. I ended up voting for Jill Stein. But, you know, the point is. Um, this story should not die. Now, this is we're going to tee it up uh, with the reality winner story. This way, uh, Debbie can go for a little while. I do like her rants, and I think she does a pretty good job here of just covering some of the basics in the story. And if there is a question or two about it, and it's certainly the timing, and you have to remember now, this story, if authenticated, and she's real, and the leak is real, and I don't know why the fuck Glenn Greenwald over at The Intercept or anybody outed this girl. Um, it, was it a screw-up? Was it, uh, was she, I, you know, this story is so brand new. I have some friends that are already putting her up there with Snowden and and all the, you know, great whistleblowers. You know, Ellsberg, way back with the Pentagon Papers and, and things like this. It's this story's not even 48 hours old. Can we just like put the crown down on the table before we just crown this person yet another whistleblower Hall of Fame? You know, Bill Benny's in there, Tom Drake, 
Who else did we have on the show? Susan, uh, well, God, I always forget her name. Long name. Going way, way back. So here we go. Let's 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 kind of hit this story, and then we're gonna we're gonna heat things up a little bit tonight with what I'm gonna play from some of you. I also have this really interesting Brad Bauman. If you don't know who Brad is, Brad is the official spokesperson for Seth's parents, and of course, Brad was a you know he's kind of like a fixer, like George Clooney. You got to come in, and, you know. I'm a fixer or a cleaner or cleaner. They call him cleaner in the mob. Where I come in and do everything we can to just muffle the story, keep it, don't let it blow up, don't let it become huge. And I'm assuming, and I have never heard the Seth, his Seth's parents asked one way or the other, how did Brad come to be with the Baumans? Did they contact him? Did the DNC recommend him? <laughs> See, I just picture like Paulie and Goodfellas going, hey, we need an inside guy. Who we know? Okay, Brad Bauman. All right, perfect. He's a fixer. All right, he's the new official spokesperson for this family. You can tell the family over there, the riches, that we're looking out for them. You can tell I was watching Goodfellas the other day. I wasn't bad. The thing about accents is you got to kind of be consistent with them. All right, Debbie, take it away for a little while. Morning from YouTube. Rather than go and um, include such a long... Um uh, explanation you can go watch over on Facebook. I wanted to do really a brief summary because this morning when I came on to report on the story that would, had come out on the Intercept, top secret NSA report details Russian hacking effort days before 2016 election. Um, I was uh, had yet to had follow up on the other story that is in conjunction with this, which is FBI arrests federal contractor in leak of NSA report on Russian hacking effort. Um, and uh, reality winner. And so um, I had not yet investigated reality winner earlier this morning, nor had I investigated um, the company that she works for, um, which was um, Pluribus International Corporation. Uh, Pluribus provides trained and expertise experts in intelligence, counterintelligence, and counterterrorism. They are a government contractor, a privately outsourced government contractor now doing intelligence and counterterrorism. Uh, and of course, free of the, the, the oversights of what would be required of government agencies as slim as those are. So what I wanted to do, um, if people want to get more in depth with the story and my analysis of this, you can go to my first video up on YouTube. The, it precedes this one. But uh, very brief overview for people who are just joining. Um, the the basic uh, gist of this was um, the Intercept put out a lead story, which is being picked up all over um, the U.S. media. Russian military intelligence ex- executed a cyber attack on at least one U.S. voting software supplier and sent spear phishing emails to more than 100 local election officials just days before last November's presidential election according to a highly classified intelligence report obtained by The Intercept. Um, The thing about this is it provides absolutely no actual intelligence or data. Um, It is a report uh, analyzed, not not, uh, giving any actual um, evidence to support what is being claimed. Um, 
So it's a very weak report. It's very weak to even the allegations of what it said that it accuses Russia does. Um, there is nothing here. It is just more weak tea, uh, NSA fed um, uh, off the record sources that it's the same thing that we have seen in the entire reporting around Russia and the entire case around uh, Russia. It is always off the record sources with no actual tangible information, data or intelligence. It's a fucking nothing burger with bacon and cheese. And that is what this report is. So it's really weak tea. You can go to The Intercept and read it yourself if you want to get more of the, of the, um, uh, the, uh, the manip- manipulations, if you want to get a better understanding of what they're doing with that. But the, the story that goes along with it is there is a young woman, uh, 25 years old, uh, My dad. who is being accused of being the source for this. And this is just, just, just screams that this is either a cover-up or a plant. 25-year-old girl, a low-level employee. She's worked at the company for four months. Um, basically has been accused of being, uh, by the media, of being the source for this Intercept story. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, that she would have top-level security clearance after being 25 years old and working uh, with the company for four months. I, you know, okay, coming to that conclusion, because I listened to Lionel say something uh, on his podcast, and I, you know what, I will say this, and I think it's important to remember this, that they, they hand those uh, top-secret passes out, or or whatever you want to call them, uh, top-level top clearance, um, a lot yeah, some people estimate as many as five to eight million people associated with the, we'll call that big giant circle. Everything from D.C. and the surrounding areas and all the big contractors and all the big, you know, everybody's out there represented. A lot of these people do have top level clearances. Now, they don't get to that need to know level. They don't get to the kind of stuff that, you know, only a president can see that kind of stuff. But a lot of people do get clearance. Clearance. So I'm not going to completely agree with what Debbie said. She could have had a legit reason for actually having that top-level clearance. But again, again, then again, this is after Snowden, right? Okay, Don't you think they tighten up the ship a little, you know? Hey, we're not giving you four months. You've been with us four months. You think you're going to get top-level clearance? Fucking A. Maybe they're going you know, to fix it. Or maybe the... <sighs> Gross incompetence. It's always, it's never cons- people conspiring. It's just always we're grossly incompetent, and that's what why 9-11 happened. Sorry. It's never actually planned, well-planned out bullshit. Well-planned out bullshit. And this one reeks of bullshit to me um, right now. And the funny thing is, I think I have something... From, um, oh, man, I'm telling you, H.A. Goodman, I did save it, good. Um, it's kind of, count. yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely connected to this story. So uh, let me see if I can get a little bit more info. I thought this was going to be concise, and she's kind of searching as she's reading here, and normally I thought she was just going to give it a nice quick wrap-up. But I think this early on, uh, you have someone who, of course, you know, releases information to the Intercept, and then somebody else outs that person, 
and um, it just it it's all so convenient and it's all so very quick, very quick. Um, where this much you know normally there's if if there's a leak that stuff is covered up for a while, okay, while it's investigated. So in case there's more leaks, it, either they can find them by putting a mole or two in there, or yes. Actually take their time to gather a bunch. Like she says, it's a nothing burger. There was nothing. There's no, no, any, any of the information she gave was benign in nature at best. But yes, the word Russia was in there a couple of times. Now, what's what story, by the way, just found its way all of a sudden into the 24-hour news cycle, and it's everywhere. It's all over my timeline on Facebook. It's all over Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You want to? You want to? You want to know a way to remember the whistleblower's name? Have her be named a reality winner. It's like Charlie Sheen. You know? Oh, do you hear about reality winner? No, is that like a TV show? So, when I look at how they're fighting. And I am not going to say, because it, the, these events have happened so often, so close together now, all the time. All these different bombing events from a concert to what just was supposed to have happened the other day. And, you know, there are a lot of people that follow those false narratives and track them down. And, you know what, I, don't, I simply don't have enough time. There is not enough time. But I do know that two days in a row, remember the Seth Rich story was sort of just fine in a way. Keep its head up, especially when someone in, in a big newspaper starts making fun of uh, people, big newspaper, regardless of the CIA you know, owning them now. Washington Post can still put it out there. Are they putting it out there to kill the story? Are they putting it out there to keep the story alive? Are they actually the good guys, kind of like Pravda, keeping stuff alive, even though one bombing, another bombing, um, and of course now we have this story, they're almost back-to-back back by day to day. And it looks to me like the machine is trying to do everything it can to outlast the Seth Rich DNC lawsuit story. Now, that's their team. That's not their team. That's their puppet strings over on, on the left. You know, that's the blue strings. Over here are the red strings. And they, they work too long to build this illusion to have it cracked by a bunch of people on the Internet and a couple of lawyers with balls the size of the bowling balls and enough people just to keep the story keep going. Lee Camp does cover it. Um, and, you know, guess who did? And doesn't anymore. Sean Hannity. Did they bait him? Because that private detective looked like he, was, he knew what he was talking about. So are they, oh, suddenly, oh, oh, there's another narrative for the Russian hacking. Look, it's just a whistleblower just popped out of the ground. And within 36 hours, everybody knew her name. It's a little too convenient for me. Way too quick. That's what happens. You get skeptical. I'm not, I'm not cynical. I am not cynical about life. My spirituality, that part of me... Just says, you know, this is an amazing ride. Enjoy it. Do your best. Be proud of your journey. Be proud of your choices. Create good karma. But you know what? This is a pretty damn decent time to be alive. Because what we're seeing, we're seeing the crack in the matrix happen. We're seeing cracks. 
And we're seeing them fight back. Whistleblower. Oh, bombing. Oh, terrorist. You know, I get it. You know, it's only, it's the middle of summer. It's tough to get clicks on the channel. But is it just me? Yeah, it's probably just me thinking, yeah, they're trying to bury the Seth Rich story. They're trying to bury the DNC hack. They're trying to bury it. I mean, the, the DNC is like, you know, they're their own beast. They're going to fight for their own defense, and they're going to, you know, they're trying to stay alive. They're like any, any other animal on the planet, doing whatever they can to stay alive. Again, a lot of power, a lot of secret power. And the blue strings that are connected in there to all those fuckers that are just soldier souls, yeah, they, they, they want to keep, they like their power. They like it. They like being able to say, oh, Bernie's not going to win. Hillary's in the bag. How do you want to know? It's because that's what we want. Done. They're like the mob. They're like the fucking mob. And they don't care. All right, Deb, got more minutes of you and see if you can give me a couple more thoughts. And then we're going to get, we'll probably go a little backwards in time for this Brad Bauman interview interview that I find fascinating. Um, And in fact, they got the, um, I wanted to report that they had gotten the, um, the the warrant to uh, search her computer uh, based on alleged contact that she had had with the news organization, The Intercept. But the contact that she had was not actually any kind of um, uh, real contact. She she had a subscription confirmation email confirmed from The Intercept. So that was a generic mass-generated email that all subscribers would receive. I got one. And she... Uh, requested a transcript from the internet. That is something that any user of any news organization site would do anywhere. To request a transcript or get a subscription confirmation is not evidence of having anything to do um, with actually trying to get information or um, contact a company to uh, be sharing any kind of intelligence or data. So we have basically here is we have a distraction. And it's not a distraction as much as it is a redirection. Keep that Russia did it, Russia did it, Russia did it. Keep that narrative alive. And, of course, you know, oh, we're slowly leaking more information. Well, then suddenly, oh, there's a whistleblower out of nowhere. But guess what? Like she just said, like Debbie just said, the paperwork, A, doesn't even point to her breaking the law. In other words, the email so-called connection with the intercept. And secondly, the information is nothing. It's nothing. It really is nothing. So, reality winner, man. That's like, that would be a character in, like, the new Blade Runner. You know? Like, the one Daryl Hannah played, that kind of, like, I'm a pleasure bot. What do you do? What is your function? Uh, I'm a cleaner. Yeah. My name is Reality Winner. Would you like me to pleasure you? All right, I know most of you just got like a really icky feeling in your stomach, so just, you know what, fuck off. All right, here we go. (laughs) This guy says his name right at the beginning, and this guy, this is strictly a phone call, so it's obviously perfect for us. I don't know if I'm going to play the whole amount. Um, It goes probably a good 20 minutes, and it gets a little, slows down a little in in the middle, Okay, again, Brad Bauman, obviously, if you're following the story, you know he is the spokesperson for Seth Rich's parents. He is, by trade, a fixer 
for the DNC. Meaning, uh, they call it crisis management. <laughs> oh, so you clean it. You gotta, you gotta, fuck. You gotta, you gotta, every once in a while, you gotta dig a hole in the desert. It's okay. Sorry. You can tell I was watching the movie again. All right, here we go. This is interesting. We'll let this roll for a while, because um, if you get... Let me see. I'm looking... Um, okay, this is obviously... This is on someone else's page. But um, I think... His name is Legion. Oh, no, my name is Legion. Um, I'm looking for this... Right at the very beginning of this, the interviewer, who's going to be interviewing Brad Bauman... And you can definitely tell the difference in the voices and the voice quality, so you can always tell who's talking. He literally sounds almost like a beat writer. You know, like a guy who has been covering stories a lot, either journalism or journalist school. And I don't know this man, and if you know who he is, uh, just, you know, tweet his name to me. Because uh, he sounds like he he does, uh, he does what, you know, <laughs> what the Fourth Estate is supposed to do. Ask questions, connect dots, find motives. Find modus operandi. Find Cubono. If you're investigating a story, that's what you do. You ask questions. So here we go. Enjoy this. This, this is good. Um, Brad Bauman, to me, now maybe this states two things. If this man is is a smooth, supposed to be the smooth-talking controller of uh, travesties for the DNC, the talent pool is really shallow. See, normally you'd think of, oh, I'm a spokesman for the family. Oh, yes, I work at the DNC. And, and you just, you just, you're full of political speak and you're so good at it that it's just basically all you do is puff dust. You actually never really say anything, but it sounds so good. Okay. This is Brad Bauman, DNC cleaner, being interviewed about his relationship with the Rich family. And um, let's see if we get his name real quick here. And no, he d- identifies himself. Here we go. Speak to Brad Bauman, please. Speaking. Hi, uh, Mr. Bauman. This is Neil Wolf. I'm with the LightReports.com. Okay, I do believe he said Neil Wolf. So I'm going to track him down and uh, and maybe add him to the list of what I would call people on the internet doing, you know, actually trying to change the world, seeking truth, doing what media should be doing. These guys are cool. So I'll talk to you in a while. Check this out. Speak to Brad Bauman, please. Speaking. Hi, uh, Mr. Bauman. This is Neil Wolf. I'm with LightReports.com, and uh, I just want to call and ask you a couple questions regarding your representation of the Rich family. Mm-hmm. May, may I ask? Um, are you doing this pro bono? I am. You are. And may I ask why uh, the timing of you know you stepping in? I guess hadn't seen anything uh, until, I guess, about mid-May of you representing them. What, what was the motive to wait, I guess, what, 10 months since Seth has been uh, murdered to represent them? Actually, uh, I would look back even further than that. I've been with the family since last July. Um, I was uh, asked by the family to help them uh, basically two, three weeks after Seth had been murdered. Oh, okay, because I hadn't seen you involved in that, at least in the public eye. Is there stuff out there that I missed on that? Yeah, uh, there, there should be, there should be some clips going back that far. Um, certainly, uh, right, uh, you know, right about, yeah, 
I'm trying to remember precisely, but no, I've been with the family since since July. Oh, okay. I'll go back and check that because I hadn't seen anything mm-hmm. uh, prior to, I guess, around mid-May. Now, you uh, were were the representative that sent a cease and desist to Rod Wheeler. Uh, no, I was not. Uh, the, was it's that? okay. Uh, lawyers sent a cease and desist to Rod Wheeler on behalf of the family. I'm not a lawyer. I do not represent the family in any legal matters. Uh, I am merely here to help them with uh, the large amount of press inquiries surrounding the case and to help. Now, the lawyers who sent the cease and desist, were they hired by the Rich family or are they pro bono as well? Or Um, That is more of a question for the lawyers. But, yes, the family directly hired them. I do not know whether they're working on a pro bono basis or on a paid basis. I assume, and this is just an assumption because, again, I I don't really get involved in that level of detail, but I assume that even in a pro bono Okay. So far, their spokesperson doesn't know shit about what's going on. I'm just here to help them. This is the smooth-talking fixer. This is the guy who's there to just make sure... Nothing to see here. No, nothing to see here. He's got the, like, the De Niro face. What are you looking at? There's nothing going on. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. situation that most lawyers require some sort of a... Uh, you know, some sort of a, what do they call it, a retainer, a small retainer to, like, represent them. I don't know exactly how that works because I'm not a lawyer. Okay. And what what exactly, will you help refresh my memory, did they uh, demand that um, Mr. Wheeler cease and desist doing? All investigative activities? No. The cease and desist is specifically requested for him to stop talking to press publicly to stop talking to press publicly about this. to stop talking to press about Seth Rich and investigations and exactly now uh, as I understand it uh, Mr. Wheeler is a former DC homicide detective who I'm in the middle uh, of I understand it right still has which is understandable still has uh, connections within the DC MPD and I read an article that uh, he has said that one of his uh, inside contacts there, I think of a, a, a current homicide detective, had informed him that the investigation had been shut down. And I think he even mentioned that it hadn't come from the chief's office. And I guess the implication there is that uh, looking higher up uh, the uh, power structure in the D.C. government, that it would have come from the, the Mayor, Mayor Bowser's office. Um, that is it's so you, com- completely false. So, so you're saying that Mr. Wheeler is lying and that uh, detective in the D.C. MPD never told him that? No, I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that Mr. Wheeler, either knowingly or unknowingly, is passing on about the status. There, passing on false information, you said? Either knowingly or unknowingly, because I'm not going to impugn his motives. I don't know what they are, but he's either knowingly or unknowingly passing on false information 
regarding an active criminal investigation, which is precisely why there is a cease and desist order for him to talk to press. Okay. He is, he is doing... By the way, you know, honestly, if you're investigating something and you don't want the killer to know you're on their trail by saying, oh, yeah, we know this happened here, and then later on that, and no one's, you know, basically, I could see that. In other words, don't say anything out loud that might basically keep you from trying to doing to do what you're doing, catch the killer. Don't be stupid enough, put your foot in your mouth, and have them find out or leave the country or whatever. So I could see that argument. I could see that argument. And I think that's what a lot of people twisted was the family basically said, don't be talking about this on television. If you're the private investigator, you report back to us. If we decide to say something live, if we're interviewed by the public, that kind of thing. Uh, there's been two different fundraisers, GoFundMe's by his parents and, and also by his brother. So I'm going to, I'm going to let this go for a while, but I'm sorry, but Brad Bauman is, has, He's got to be new at this whole idea of, oh, I'm going to rep, I'm going to publicly represent this company, this this family, and do everything I can to help them, rather than beating the bushes every day and trying to get you know more private detectives. Maybe actually, I don't know, putting out a reward, the DNC, and put out a reward. Brad Bauman. More harm than good. Okay. What now? Um, in regards to uh, I, you know, I've been just trying to dig and dig and trying to find out. Uh, in regards to the, my understanding is that Seth Rich was alive at the scene and made it to the hospital alive, and was sitting up in his bed and talking, uh, and was in the hospital alive for hours. Uh, it seems like that I is need confirmation on which hospital he was taken to. Can you get some clarification on the? post-shooting series of events? I actually can't because these are these are specific questions about an active investigation. For a timeline in terms of what has actually occurred, I do have to ask you to go to the Metropolitan Police Department because I'm not authorized to speak on that. Can, can you at least share with me the hospital he was taken to? Because I've never seen... A case like this where it's such a mystery as to what hospital the man was taken to. Why? This story, as you follow it, has, as all stories like this, a trunk, which is the main focus of uh, Seth Rich being murdered, and all the branches that are connected to that trunk. And another one that is sort of kind of getting fleshed out. We think we're right. Uh, some of these people seem to know what they're talking about. This, you know, suddenly we have a, of course, fourth year uh, surgeon can't give their name. I think they go on. What is it? Reddit. They put a couple of paragraphs that's been copy and pasted all over the place about I saw him alive. He was doing well. His wounds were not life threatening. Uh, then suddenly he became a VIP income special officers and no one's allowed to see him. And then a couple hours later, he's dead. And then someone says, oh, yeah, the chief uh, operating surgeon on duty is a friend of the DNC's wife's. And, you know, 
okay, those are like really thin branches and at the end of one big branch. To me, the big branch is, okay, uh, do we have cop cameras yet of maybe them showing up and finding him, maybe writhing on the ground, a couple bleeding, but not bleeding badly? Uh, do we have video of him being transported in an ambulance? Do we have the, the t- tons of security cameras where he arrived in a you know a hospital emergency room? You know, you drive under there and people come. They already know you're coming. They're there waiting for you, Dixie. Five minutes out. Start a uh, ringer's lactate. D five W. People know what they're doing. Their job is to keep you alive. It's like a mash unit. Okay, for, he's not doing too bad. Okay, this this person is not going to bleed out here on the ground. Other than that, we're trying to. Okay, we got to you know get some of those uh, get. The three bullet wounds, by the way, two going in, one made its way out. So you have three holes in his body. But no major organs. I think part of his liver uh, needed to be cleaned up a little bit and a couple other things. So this this guy, at the bottom line of this, was from reports that mo- more people are publicly saying, and there's someone who actually said it out loud, that basically we didn't identify themselves. Basically, we were... That was cordoned off. We were told he's a VIP and no doctors and nurses could go check on him. Uh, by the way, these things, you know, he never code, what do they call it, code blue. You know, he stops breathing. You know, they all come running in, resuscitate every fucking Thursday night, 10 o'clock. Everybody dies. You always have like four sick people in the hospital. One of them dies. Three of them don't. And uh, they all have those doctor poses. And no, they're all banging each other. And, you know, code blue. Don't you think he'd have a record of how did he how was he doing really well and then suddenly poof, he's dead? Well, we don't know because no one was allowed in the room. See, this is a Stephen King. Nah, it's not a horror story. I guess it is, but this is a spy novels uh, writer's spy novel because it has huge implications in one area, huge in another. Then we get down to the actual, who are the people involved? Who's driving the ambulance? What were the cops on duty's name? Okay. All that stuff should be public information. Okay, It's not going to change, you know, tracking down the bad guys. And this guy can't even give this good reporter the name of the hospital that Seth was brought to. And that would have nothing whatsoever to do with derailing the investigation. And that's when you start hearing this guy... He just, by uh, honestly, Brad Bauman, you suck at your job, dude. <laughs> the DNC is like, uh, we need a fixer. Bauman, is he any good? Uh, he's been, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, you know, hey, is he good? Uh, yes, sir. Bauman, Bauman's good. We we stand by him. Yes. All right, get me Bauman. Get him over to the family. Get him talking. He's smooth, right? He's he's good. Can handle pressure. Yeah, knows what he's talking about. All right, uh, you got any tape of him? Can I can I hear some of his work before we actually send him over there? No, no. Okay, here we go. Oh, we're listening in now. Would that be sensitive uh, information in regards to an ongoing case as to what hospital the guy was taken to? I don't know. That is a question for the Metropolitan Police Department and not me. Have they asked you specifically not to disclose that information? 
No, they have not asked me specifically to dis- not to disclose that information. I am not allowed to just simply talk about any of the of, of anything that is party to an active criminal investigation. And the reason why I have to be very careful there is because in this in a situation where there's an active investigation, anything that I do say can be used in either a way to uh, adversely affect that investigation or the criminal prosecution of whomever eventually is arrested for the crime. So I am duty-bound to ensure that I am giving both the family the space that they need in terms of what I'm saying so that they can get justice and the police department the space that they need in order to investigate the case. That, that's what I'm duty-bound to do. Well, okay. So I, um, definitely, so I definitely ask you to just direct those questions to the police department. Well, I guess then my response would be to you that you are implying then by not being willing to disclose the hospital he was taken to that Activities at the hospital then are part of the criminal no. investigation because how? I, yes, exactly. Because anything, anything that might. This guy's a professional spokesperson. <laughs> I thought you told me bombing was good. Jesus Christ, you can't get out of his own way. Yes, um, no. Uh, what I'm trying to say is. And then he was like, at the, at the beginning, he's like, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. And then later on, he's like, well, I can't divulge that because it's Yankee Gay to do. And I, the reporter asked a great question. So if you can't tell me what hospital he went to, then is anything that happened at the hospital now part of the, ins- in other words, what a great question. Did, did Seth Rich show up there alive and well, or alive? And was he going to pull through? Did he talk to anybody? Did anybody take his statement? This is all like detective work I've seen on TV since I was watching. What am twelve? What am twelve? Was I an eight? And I know what you know. Who, what, where, when, why? Motive? Alibi? Jesus. Not Jesus, literally, but. Uh, Jesus was my co-pilot. There's my alibi. See? Perfect. Here we go, Brad. You smooth talker, you. It has been said by Seth Rich to to criminal investigators are a matter for the investigators to follow up on, to investigate, to follow through on, and to otherwise figure out if they can directly lead to who murdered him. So I cannot talk about that sort of thing. So I guess what you just what you just did disclose, though, is that you verified that Seth Rich was alive and had the opportunity to speak to investigators after he was shot. I, all that I... Guy's a good reporter, isn't he? See, this, is what our, this is what our media should be. What was his name, Wolf? You know, you need to know if they're going to use one specific excuse to not give you information that, by the way, is probably public everywhere. That 
A, this guy sucks. And B, <laughs> you know, do you think he's getting like a, a lot of texts like, you know, just don't say that. Oh, Jesus Christ, shut up. You're doing more harm than good. Remember to always hold your thumb above your fingers like you make a fist, like you're going to punch someone and talk with you just a little piece of your thumb like politicians do. And what I'd like to reiterate as my thumb points at you. This guy sucks. This guy's rattled. I wonder if it gets better. I confirmed with you was that he definitely was not pronounced dead until a few hours after he had made it to the hospital. And do that is... The, do you know the time? That is, a, that, that is a matter that has been reported in, in the past is easily verifiable. Can you just tell me the time of death and where he died? I will again... <laughs> not talk about anything regarding that. And I am sorry. I, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Please, allow me to just say this. I am very, very sorry if that leaves you with the impression that I have something to hide here. And no, I... No, I don't have that. It kills me. It kills me. But I, I can't talk about that. I don't have I'm the impression sorry. at all. I'm just trying to determine. I've never seen a case where we can't even effectively determine what hospital the man was taken to after being shot. I've never seen a I, case like this, and I'm trying to understand why that's so I hard hear to your, determine. I hear your frustration. Take it up with the police department. The, no, call, no. Just pick up the phone. Pick up the phone and call the police department. <laughs> Well, I spoke to the detective, one of the two. Just pick up the phone and call the police department. Just pick up the phone. An information uh, person who gives you no information. I'm a spokesperson for the family. And, all right, what have you got to tell us? Uh, nothing. Seriously, I, I, I'm not telling you fuckers anything. Okay, well, and it doesn't really make you a spokesperson. <laughs> Just pick up the phone. Um, a month or several weeks after the the event occurred, um, mm -hmm. and so I don't have a whole lot of confidence in gaining much information from those guys. But I'm just uh, one of the reasons I'm asking about the hospital, and you know, mm -hmm. of course, these things, you, you know how how full of. Uh, crap there is some you know stuff on message boards and stuff but apparently there was somebody that wrote on 4chan who claimed to be yesterday who yeah. claimed to be an attending surgeon uh i saw that okay uh i've spoken about it just briefly before again four year i think he reads the whole statement and i think it's worth going over because again this is a branch of this story okay yes this man is dead but what if he was alive and doing okay and going to recover? So basically, he was whacked twice. Think about that. If this is what really happened. In other words, you know, he gets in, they pull the bullets out, they clean him up, and they 
They put him in a room, and he was apparently sitting up in bed, and so on and so forth. So I think this uh, Mr. Wolf here reads this whole statement. It runs about three paragraphs, but I'm sure if you're pretty much into the story, you've heard that this. But if not, again, it does raise, again, this is, you know, um, hypothetically speaking, we can only say right now, but this certainly raises another question. Was he doing okay when they found him laying in the, on the sidewalk? Uh, you know, was he going to live? Uh, the bullet wounds were 22s. Those aren't big beastly. They're, they weren't hollow points. He didn't, you know, he wasn't gushing blood and had a bunch of organs blown apart. These are small bullet wounds. Was he alive? Did he give a statement? Holy shit. You want to know somewhere? And it's like, it's like, the, 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 what's the thing in Indiana Jones? Um, Ark of the Covenant. It's like, you don't want to know where that's hidden? Oh, yeah, it's way back there. You take it out of the warehouse. Okay. Where is Seth Rich's statement? Either audio version recording. Mr. Rich, I know you, uh, you know, sitting up in bed. Uh, you know, can you can you tell us at least uh, what they looked like? Boom, boom, boom. Where's that? If this man was alive and going to survive and he was whacked the second time, by the deep state, if, if, remember, okay, holy fuck, that's going to implement, you're going to start looking at doctors and see, every time there's a branch, more people are involved and then more things can go wrong and then more people will talk and this thing is not going to go away. This is a story within the story. From the moment he got in the ambulance to the moment he was pronounced dead, what happened? Where did it happen? Who was there? Who saw it? What cameras caught it? Fucking A. That's why Judicial Watch is going after all that stuff. Good for them, by the way. Though they lean right, but hey, what the fuck? I'm sure they're getting a woody going after the DNC right now. Good for them. Whatever. I, I only care where my truth is. I don't care where I get it from. And right now, there's a bunch of motivated people on the right, including Sean Hannity, who, let's just say, we we were never going to be golfing buddies. I'm not a big war person, and, you know. So there's all that. But suddenly, holy shit, Sean Hannity put it on the map. It, it suddenly just popped its head up again. And now it's everywhere. I'm telling you, this is why they they are trying to bury this. Every time I type in Seth Rich in YouTube, there are hundreds of videos, hundreds of people doing broadcasts, hundreds of people going back and forth, hundreds of people running video montages of the story and building little 10-minute stories, you know, where they show you this news report and then they back it up with the next one. I love that stuff. These aren't people that want to be in front of a camera and do a rant or a rate uh, like what these people are doing that I'm playing you. These are the people that like putting together a video montage that tells a story. You don't even need a narration. This is beautiful to see. So fucking cool. It um, gives me hope. Gives me a lot of hope. Hospital that he yeah. is Washington Memorial and that he attended to uh, Seth Rich's wounds on a surgical basis and then was not able to, he is asserting that he, that, that then the wounds were not life-threatening. There was a minor wound to the liver and yeah. to the bowel area, and he indicated they were not life-threatening. They were treated surgically. 
and that then he was essentially cordoned off and that he, as his surgical physician, was not even allowed to see him and only one other physician, along with police officers, were, were, were with Mr. Rich at the time. If he was whacked by the DNC, they couldn't go out and put two behind the head. That looks like an assassination. You have to make it look like a botched robbery. Well, if you're robbing someone and they turn to run away, shoot them in the back, right? Maybe Seth Witch, you know, just these guys bothered him. There's a phone conversation with his girlfriend. There's, there's, there are video cameras. That's a, not a hugely wealthy na- neighborhood, but it's very uh, a medium to medium upscale. Just cameras, everybody. I mean, cameras everywhere. People have cameras now. They have their entrance to their homes, and they have cameras on the street lights, and they have cameras here. There are cameras everywhere. No cameras. We're looking at a grainy shot. We're looking at another Zabruda film. We're looking at the old parking cam. At the Pentagon with the airplane, we've got 87 cameras around the Pentagon, and we don't have a, sh- a shot of 757 hitting it at ground level. It stinks. It definitely stinks of cover-up. Cover-ups are always way bigger. They involve a whole lot more people, not just everybody who's per- perpetuating this thing from the from the moment that maybe his death was ordered by someone and the moment it was carried out and the moment he ends up dying. That is one story. And, of course, as, as I'm talking about it, it has stories within it. The next is a series of stories about, uh, yeah, I didn't know that was connected to that, connected to that. So I say, I, I say this is a very important story for a lot of reasons. Not just to see what's happening in new media, not just to motivate people to go to new media, not just to click on a like. You know, if I like a video, bam, I click. There I am, number 268 on this one. Uh, it's got 10,000 views. Uh, the person that put this, I do not believe, um, by the way, is 11 Planet 11, all spelled in letters, not, not numbers, obviously. Brad Bauman taped phone interview on Seth Rich murder. You can find it by typing it in that way. We're going to let it go just a couple more minutes and we're going to switch gears. Hold on one sec, because I'm I'm just I yeah no I, I actually know what you're referencing because it uh, uh, it showed up in my tweet stream and I do want to I can read it to you if you'd like I have yeah to. read yeah read to me the read to me what was said exactly I, I will one second let me just run back my desk I've got it right here sure he's got to move his Mickey Spillane uh, uh, statues. For his uh, outstanding reporting. Picture him like, you know, the ceiling fan. It's like he lives in a world that's actually like black and white. Like Roger Rabbit. Wolf. He's even got a good last name as a reporter. I'm on the scent. Wolf's on the scent, baby. This is the three paragraphs from the anonymous, apparently attending surgeon. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Says that uh, this was posted by R H O T Y J A G, some uppercase, mm-hmm. some lowercase in there. 
uh, fourth-year surgery resident here who rotated at WHC, Washington Hospital Center, last year. It won't be hard to identify me, but I feel that I shouldn't stay silent. Beth Rich was shot twice with three total gunshot wounds, entry and exit and entry. He was taken to the OR emergency where we performed an X-lap and found a small injury to segment three of the liver, which was packed, and several small bowel injuries, pretty common for gunshots to the back exiting the abdomen, which we resected. 12 centimeters of bowel and left him in discontinuity. Didn't hook everything back up is what that means. With the intent of performing a washout in the morning. He did not have any major vascular injuries otherwise. I've seen dozens of worse cases than this, which survived, and nothing about his injury suggested to me that he'd sustained a fatal wound. In the meantime, he was transferred to ICU and transfused two units of blood when his post-surgery crit came back negative 20. Okay, you know, how many different ways can you kill someone who's... Okay, was there something in the blood transfer fusion? They're like, oh my god, he's still alive. All right, uh, you know, put the whatever toxin or something. Uh, yeah, we're gonna give him two pints. All right. Well, what the first thing they do, they move an ICU. Now, that's not rare coming out of a surgery to go into intensive care just to, just to make sure. You know, some people spend usually at least twelve hours in there just in case they're hooked up to all those machines. The machine that breathes with you or for you, the machine that monitors your heart rate and your blood pressure and your respiration rate, and the machine that is monitoring your brain activity, and the machine, the machine, machine. No warning went off. You know, code blue. We got a code blue. Nothing. Nothing. He was stable and not on any pressors, and it seems pretty routine. After eight hours he arrived, we were swarmed by Leos, law enforcement officers, and Mm -hmm. pretty much everyone except the attending and a few nurses was kicked out of ICU, disallowing visiting hours, normally every odd hour, 1 a.m., et cetera, et cetera. It's not something we routinely do. It was weird as hell. At turnover that morning, we were instructed not to round on the VIP that came in last night. That's exactly what the attending said, and no one except for me and another resident had any idea who he was talking about. No one here was allowed to see Seth except for my attending when he died. No call, code was called, in other words, like a code blue or whatever when somebody's red mm-hmm. flatlining. Uh, I mm-hmm. rounded on patients. I rounded on patients literally next door but was physically blocked from checking in on him. I've never seen anything like it before, and while I can't say 100% that he was allowed to die, I don't understand why he was treated like that. Take it how you may, I may just, I'm I'm just one low-level doc. Something's fishy, though, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the the statement. I I, got to say, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but whoever the heck it is, if they're a fraud and they're not really a doctor, they sure did their homework in advance as far as the medical terminology goes. Um, no, sure, sure, sure. And, and I mean, like, listen, you know, it like so many of these other things, yeah, this definitely sounds like something that could be plausible. But I 
don't. First off, you know. <laughs> Dude, you're so smooth. I don't. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching Jerry Lewis, Nutty Professor. See, if I was a spokesman for the family, <clears throat> and I would probably have said, yes, yes, I've, I've read that. I've seen that. You know, it's very powerful. Um, um, we don't know if it can be authenticated because it is, again, from an anonymous source. Uh, if that source or at least a secondary source could come forward to confirm what the first source is saying so we could get two people the same story, that's what reporters do, and get some verification of this story, then I think that might be fucking important to Chef's parents. Don't you think, Brad? If their son was alive and then shenanigans happened again in the same night, you don't think that's something the family's, oh, I don't know, just a wee bit curious about? Brad, you suck so bad at what you do, and I'm glad you do. Because if it was a smooth, polished person who could get in with all the speak and say, uh, for the privacy of the family, we'd like to uh, not comment on those things, and and uh, we'd like you to send all donations, and oh, by the way, you can make checks, checks payable to Brad Bauman, that's B-A- you Just, doesn't this story just reek? Doesn't this story just fucking reek? Spokesperson who doesn't make any sense. Now, I don't know where to go with this. Okay, that's the exciting one. That's kind of average. And this is kind of a great rant. So we, I'm, I'm going to save uh, I'm going to save Defango. I haven't played Defango yet. Defined of Defango. I don't know what's it, what's that Bruce Willis movie, uh, Die Hard 6 with the hackers. And Kevin Smith plays a, a hacker and he lives in his, literally lives in his mom's basement. Defango, nothing, no, you know, nothing against you, bro. I'm sure you're smart as a motherfucker, and you and you do, and your videos are fun, they're entertaining, they're informative. I'm kind of brand new to you, just kind of learning about you a little bit. But he doesn't like, he doesn't like uh, the duo that I call Batman and Robin, George Webb and Jason um, Goodman. Uh, essentially, the story kind of goes about this man. Defango, this dude knows computers. He knows files. This is a hacker. This is a guy who isn't necessarily a hacker, but he's a broadcaster, and he's a guy who's like, okay, I'll let you know. Oh, you guys got some uh, data, do you, over there? You know, uh, good uh, George Webb and, and Jason Goodman? Well, why don't you send it to me? And then there was a big shenanigans. And I don't know what the shenanigans were about because I don't know what spoofing a file is. You know, it's probably faking a file or... Exaggerating if I, I don't know, but I do know he didn't like it. So we're going to get to Defango's. By the way, it's really kind of about this Jason Goodman just losing it on the phone, like melting down. Now, there are meltdowns when you're mad at the system and you're just fucking spitting while you're talking and just blood pressure's going and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to stroke out. I'm going to just stroke out. I know it. God damn good. You know, there's that kind of anger. But there's an anger uh, between this uh, Jason Goodman guy and uh, your boy Defango. Woo! Yeah. Things got a little testy. We'll get to that audio after Jimmy Dore. I don't know how much of this I'm going to play. 
right now he's the closest thing to anybody associated with the Young Turks that is making sure he talks about the DNC lawsuit and or Seth Rich, whether they're connected. Uh, obviously, Josh Lucas, his death. We still haven't seen any paperwork, you know, three different drugs in his system all at the same time. Um, we've got someone who was going to testify against Clinton, big, burly, uh, um, I think he was a businessman, uh, supposedly dropped, you know, just right out of the Sopranos, man. He's probably bench pressing just, and two guys show up right behind him and just push the bar down on his larynx and crush it, make it look like an accident. Or he completely Tried to do one rep too many, lost control of the bar, and it literally fell straight. I've seen some really bad lifting videos, believe me. So, he's dead. So, Jimmy Jimmy Dore, at least, even though he's associated with the Young Turks, and they're barely sniffing the DNC lawsuit, and they're, I don't even know if they're talking about Seth Rich. But Jimmy Dore is. And... Um, Say what you will about Chomsky when it comes to the 9-11 truth movement. He's never going to completely turn on that. People know that. But uh, let's face it, this guy knows the inner workings of government. And he knows certainly the inner workings of the, the uh, centralized banking systems of the world. So this man literally in his mind can picture the mechanisms like a big clock. All the gears all moving. Oh, yeah, that's the European uh, GNP, oh, that's compared to this and the, the amount of gold being held there. This is a genius we're talking about here. Chomsky. Jimmy Dore. Miserable. Howdy, Look at howdy. that nice T-shirt. Look at that T-shirt. Show, show it off. Look oh, at you. Do the, yeah. Do that, yeah. Oh, no, you got the doggy. And there's Brownie. And the, Brownie's oh, there's making Brownie. an appearance. There's that little boy. Hi, buddy. Ah, okay. So what do you think the most remarkable thing of the last election is? What do you think it was? Was that Donald Tonahan's one that the Democrats decided to nominate someone under FBI investigation who half the country already hated, <laughs> including half of her own party, the most unpopular presidential candidate Democrats ever put up? You think that was the most remarkable thing about it? It's pretty remarkable that they would nominate someone they knew was under Demo- under FBI investigation. <laughs> it's kind of remarkable. Also... Here's, but here's what Chomsky thinks is the most remarkable. So Chomsky was interviewed by the BBC, and um, here's what he said. Well, here's what he thinks is the most remarkable thing. The most remarkable thing about the last election was actually Bernie Sanders, not Trump. Bernie Sanders broke with a century of American political history. Uh, in American elections for back to the late 19th century, uh, elections are basically bought, literally. You can, you can predict with remarkable accuracy electability simply on the basis of campaign funding. Sanders came along, no, no support from, from the corporate sector, no support from the wealthy. Uh, the media simply dismissed them as... By the way, Bernie did get, you know, there were some bank donations... If you, you look at his donors list, the thing was it was capped. It was capped. And most of his money, this is what the DNC lawsuit is about, kind of sidetracking here, is a $300 million defamation. Uh, not defamation, uh, fraud. Fraud. So the Bernie bots or whatever they call themselves, they're not only trying to help fix the system by pointing out how the system fucked them, 
that it's probably the first time in a long time that the military-industrial complex, even though we, Hillary was the girl, um, was probably going to have to fix it. So they did. So the DNC fixed it. But listen, which I'm gonna, I, I need to back him up, so give him some mojo here. But listen, what Chomsky says about the money at the end. Funding, Sanders came along, no, no support from from the corporate sector, no support from the wealthy. Uh, the media simply dismissed him as ridiculous. Uh, he was basically unknown. Uh, he even used a scare word, socialist, and he he would have won the Democratic nomination if it hadn't been for the shenanigans of the party managers. If you take a look at uh, popularity. Wait a minute. I I thought I just read an article in the Washington Post that said the DNC lawsuit was frivolous. (laughs) They said that the DNC lawsuit was frivolous, and here is Bernie Sanders. I mean, here is Noam Chomsky saying that Bernie Sanders would have won the Democratic Party. By the way, New York Times considers him maybe the greatest intellectual in the world. He says obvious that Bernie would have won if it wasn't for the shenanigans, meaning the cheating by the DNC. Well, no, no. And you wonder, and so, so it's so funny. I'm sorry, Ron, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's so funny that people don't talk about that when they talk about the DNC lawsuit. You go, well, certainly everyone is outraged that the DNC was cheating. They don't even mention it in their coverage if they cover it. Like the Washington Post didn't even mention that. The Washington Post tried to dismiss this like it's a nothing burger. Except here's Noam Chomsky saying that if it wasn't for the DNC cheating, we would have a different goddamn president. But the Washington Post who, by the way, has beat the drum for every goddamn war. They're worthless shit stain of a fucking newspaper. boy, Yeah! The best part of doing Uncensored is when you can describe fucktards or, or asshats or douchebags or shit stains the way they need to be described without having to bar... Well, I can't say this, but if I could say it, I would... You know what, Jimmy? How is it you feel about the Washington Post? Washington Post, who, by the way, has beat the drum for every goddamn war. They're worthless shit stain of a fucking newspaper. Yeah! They they just wrote an article that said that was a frivolous lawsuit. Now, here we go again with my theory... Washington Post guy, he's a good guy. He's supposed to like make fun of the lawsuit and and really, you know, editors tell me we have to, you know, we can't have this lawsuit happen. So we need to completely disparage anyone and anyone associated with it or anyone who's in favor of it. So we need negative, 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 negative. Okay, and he does it. He does he writes the article and they love it. But what is he doing? He's all he's doing is firing up. All the Jimmy Doors, all the Scott Ledgers, he is adding gasoline to a topic that eventually, if you stop mentioning it at all, Washington Post, I'm not saying it would disappear. I think maybe at this moment it's reached critical mass. So much does depend on the lawsuit and the judge and what happens there, because if that happens, then look out, Pandora's box is open. And then there's like, you know, 
Now, I'm not saying that the, you know, oh, the U.S. government, oh, we're going to take over this uh, prosecution. You know, there's just like fucking the Warren Commission or the 9-11 Commission. And, oh, we're going to look into the DNC. Oh, we're, we're going to have special committees that have uh, committees that are recommending committees. We've never gone that deep before in committees. and <laughs> Shit stains. I don't know. I don't predict the future. I kind of go like, what if this happens and what if that happens? So I'm going to be the pessimist and say somewhere someone is buying somebody off, maybe connected to whether that DNC lawsuit sees a courtroom. And I mean sees a courtroom. Like subpoenas, disclosure, Pandora's box. All you got to do is go in with a bunch of subpoenas and you can get anything you want. Recordings. Blackberries. This is, by the way, all attached to the Iwan brothers. Kind of like the third party. Mm, You know, they kind of do some of the dirty work. Shit's connected. This story's huge. The thing is, if if you lean left and, you know, you listen to me and you're like, man, we just need to let it go, man. Trump's the real issue. I get it. It's like, yeah, let's keep picking on our team, man. No. no. This story isn't about your liberal, liberal left-leaning uh, Democrat, uh, progressive Democrat, whatever fucking label you need. Use it. Wear it proudly. Be who you are. But this isn't about you and your personal beliefs. It is about corruption in government being exposed, and if it can truly see the light of air, or air of light, light of air, it might heal. It might, you know, like I said, I used that. It's a wound, but it's just a just a festering wound. Open it, clean it out. Do the same thing they did to Seth. See if it dies. Sorry, I had to. Chomsky basically knows, everybody knows, I mean, WikiLeaks, DNC, emails showed us that. Schultz resigned. So, it's not that, oh yeah, we cheated, it's, well, everybody does it. How come we can't anymore? Why do we have this lawsuit? (sighs) Super delegates. You know what? Picture that. Picture fuck superdelegates. If if Bernie wins a state, he gets the delegates. Boom. Didn't happen. What was it, Vermont? We went like two to one, and they split the delegates? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Oh, that's, that's the delegates don't really have to, you know, vote the way the people that live in their state voted. Uh, I know it's a clusterfuck. And, yeah, sometimes I'll wear myself out, and I walk away from it. I'll go fishing. But this kind of story is, it reminds me of how Watergate just wouldn't go away. Just poke it and poke it, and suddenly, poof, here comes another branch. Look at that. He was alive? They put him in a special room? No one was allowed to see him? Who knew that? I didn't know that. Now, if it's true... Unfortunately, this four-year surgeon who works there doesn't want to risk themselves, but he was the attending. He is the guy who stitched him up. I'm sure there's a medical record of the name of the doctor who worked on Seth. 
And I'm sure they have to fill out a report saying, this is what we did. Here's how we came in. Here's what we owe. We opened that up. We cleaned that wound. Here's what we did. Boom, 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 boom. Type it up. Intro, look at boom, boom, boom. Hit, click, send, boom. It's in a computer somewhere. And I can certainly verify what this man, what that interviewer was asking. Bauman, the smoothest talker on the planet. A couple more of Jimmy, and then we're going to, yeah, we'll go. I'm going to go to uh, someone losing their temper. Doesn't seem like he thinks the same thing. But it, even what you think, why wouldn't you mention that in your coverage? They never do. Well, I mean, it's just Noam Chomsky, though. I mean, it's not like it's not like he's somebody who has been studying this stuff, uh, scrutinizing it for 50-plus years. I mean, it's just Noam Chomsky. I mean, and what does that tell out. you? What does that tell you, Ron, that Noam Chomsky's never consulted in a wall? You know what I mean? Like, the, you see MSNBC. You know how many times Noam Chomsky's been on MSNBC? I'm going to guess maybe zero. I've never seen him on there. Have you? No. He's on Democracy Now! a lot. He's on Democracy yeah. Now! Sure, because they actually try to, to do the news. They mm-hmm. try to actually talk about the news from a, from a non-corporate way, you know, in, a, in an authentic way. Right. So that's why they have him on, because he's the guy who knows the most about everything. The, the MSNBC, they would have him on, but they don't want to know the most about everything. They want to know a certain thing, and they want to feed it to you. So that's weird, right, that he would say that, that if it wasn't for the cheating, well, he says shenanigans. Let's play that again, because that's awesome. Word from the wealthy, uh, the media simply dismissed him as ridiculous. The media just dismissed him. Uh, they did. He unknown. Uh, he even used a scare word, socialist. And he, he would have won the Democratic nomination if it hadn't been for the shenanigans of the party managers. If you take a look. So we would have a radically different country right now. That's another thing that Democrats or liberals or anybody who voted Hillary. And and I'm not saying you should have picked Hillary over Bernie, but anybody who was following what Hillary really was, she's true neocon in liberal clothing, not even close to being a liberal, just um, literally pure corporations, pure bank, pure military industrial complex, pure uh, Christ who knows uh, we could be at war. <clears throat> Excuse me. We could be at war with Russia right now. I, I don't think those scenarios will ever play out. I think the bankers need to play one country off another, and that's the boogeyman is always shifting here in our country. It goes from Al-Qaeda to ISIS. And now, since we're kind of bored hearing about ISIS now, it's Russia. And the, the game they play that I think most people are realizing is a game, maybe it's running out of gas. Um, I think what we're seeing is a lot more things being exposed a lot more quickly. And maybe that's some of that is WikiLeaks or some of it's here at Jimmy Dore or or someone else or uh, just another podcaster, H.A. Goodman or oh, what's his name? DeFango, De you know. But uh, more and more people are commenting on things that matter more. Is there still going to be like, oh, what color is your dress on Facebook? And I'm like, Jesus, do you, okay, all right, it's black or gold. I don't give a fuck. Get off my timeline. And things that do matter, uh, they try to, you know, <clears throat> nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. A couple more minutes, Jimmy. If the party managers didn't screw over Bernie Sanders, because he would be president. 
And the Democrats would rather lose to Trump than let a progressive win. And that's a fact. And that's why the Democratic Party is bleeding members. That's why they lost to Trump. The gig is up. People have figured it out. Noam Chomsky knows. Okay, here we go. Good popularity today. He is far and away the most popular figure in the American political system. Talk about Bernie. Except the Democrats don't want anything to do with them. Isn't that funny? The Democrats, they, nobody's saying Bernie Sanders 2020 inside the Democratic Party. So there you go. There you go. Chomsky says, oh, yeah. The Democrats screwed themselves. The DNC screwed themselves because it was Hillary, all Hillary, all day Hillary, never not going to be Hillary. It was going to be, she's our girl. Yes. She is, oh, she's the first woman president. Oh, we had a black man. Now we have a woman. That's progress, America. Yay. Yay, we have a woman president. Or yay, we have a black guy. Or Yeah, okay. I'm not going to say there aren't. Sideline storylines. There are storylines there, of course. You can't ignore that storyline, but I don't care if the man has more pigment, and I don't care if she has a vagina. I care about what kind of leader she is. He is. That's all I care about. And this woman was a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, I'm, I, I don't even want to get near the Clinton Foundation. Watch Clinton Cash and watch the pay for play. Remember, there were what, four hacks? One was a D, DCC. Hack. One was the DNC hack. One was the Podesta emails, and the other one was the Clinton Foundation hack. So, this woman was just fucking brutal in every direction. Jimmy Dore says uh, half the country hated her, and half her party hated her. Yowza! All right. This is essentially about stuff I don't know that much about. When I say spoofing files, there is an argument going on about whether real information was passed or one per- and it sometimes just comes down to like one word missing in a sentence saying, I got it from someone who knows rabbit or <clears throat> I, you know, you said in a tweet that you got it from rabbit, white rabbit. And then I asked white rabbit and he said he didn't give it to you. And I said, no. I told you I got it from somebody who knew White Rabbit. Oh, well, that's... And it's like one of those really bad things where like a Facebook conversation is completely misunderstood or a tweet street... Uh, 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 what the fuck they call them? Timeline. Thread. Thread. A thread. So what we have here is uh, George Webb is not in this and his, and his uh, Jason Goodman, his, uh, his Robin to George Webb's Batman... They've been working on this case, and they spit out a lot of information, and they connected all the way back over to fucking opiate production and in in Afghanistan, and they 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 talk about so much shit that it would take a lot of people time to just back check it all and see if it's real. Are are these dots connected by things people pretty much already know? Is this classified information you're giving me? Is this on somehow connected to? And you have to remember, it is it is a nasty web. Uh, they love it's like the mob. You know, if you're really high up, you have several levels of, of of layers of people below you. So if you you know one of your soldiers kills somebody, and you're way up there 
at a capo level, there's no way they can ever trace it to you. Well, that's that's where Clinton is. That's where powerful people get. They sure have things done. Uh, it is probably even never said out loud or certainly not tweeted or emailed. <clears throat> Sometimes it's probably just a glance. And I know that's like straight out of a spy novel where the powerful person in the world glances at the the whistleblower and then glances to their henchman and just, you know, nods you know, real quick. Like, yeah, you see it in gang, gang movies all the time. Mob movies, sure. You know? So I don't know who's a mole. I don't know that much about files and transfers. That is definitely not my world. Uh, Defango, best way to describe him, reminds me of Kevin Smith. He wears a headset. Looks like he sits in a lounge chair. His, uh, his, you see him in the far right lower corner, just a small pic, so you can see him and his facial expression. He is an absolute whiz on computers. Uh, I watch him fly around, and he's got, like, I don't know how many windows open, and bam, he opens up a new, and then he's Skyping someone, and then he, bam, and I'm like, holy shit. Um, I don't know if Defango has a real name. I assume he does. This, again, you may be new to him. I am on his webpage. He's only got 8,000 subscribers. So is he new? Is he is he a mole trying to let the other make the other two guys look like they're illegit? Or is it the other way around? Those guys, those guys were... You know, put into oh, we're taking over this case. We're gonna you know bring you all you guys along with us, and here's more information. Here's more information, and then somehow they blow it up and and just completely derail it. And none of it, what they say makes any sense, and they try to kill the conspiracy. I don't know who these parties are. I'm so brand new to half of these people that it's not where I'm not worried about trusting it right now. I don't need to know. The answers to all my questions about this tomorrow. I mean, the family would certainly want to know soon. But I I think what's more important here is the more people that get involved, the more researchers you have. And then you have the people, the checkers, checking the checkers. And I think that's what this video is about. It's like, that's not what you said to me, man. Or like, you know, and someone's suddenly like, I'm going to out you. And then you have a, a moment. I didn't see the, the live moment, but apparently they've gone back and forth. So this is Jason Goodman, who's kind of partnered with George Webb. And this is Defango in Defango's studio, about ready to play uh, uh, some of the stuff Jason Goodman sent to him. And the reason to me this is funny is because, for two reasons, if it's flushing out the story, if we're finding out who's the bullshitter and who isn't, fucking A, that's what's supposed to happen. Okay, that's what's supposed to happen. That's what happens when three guys get in a chat room and three of them are given information. And the fourth one comes in and goes, no, this is verified. Look at this. And suddenly the other three guys go, holy shit, I didn't know that. And suddenly four guys know something that only one person knew. It's it's just like a it's like a virus. Truth spreads like a virus. So I don't know who the truthful people are, but I do know that things are getting a little heated up here and there. There are people uh, attacking H.A. Goodman. That'll be the last video we play. And there's this little burst here. Uh, and this will be by Jason Goodman. Remember, you're going to... Um, hopefully you can tell the difference. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll stop and start it. But uh, basically, <laughs> this is kind of neat. This is It's not like Radio Wars, like old Radio Wars. But it is always interesting to watch someone melt down and why they're melting down. Angos. Um, That's Jason Goodman's voice right there. 
YouTube channel and he says that he got a file from the rabbit. But the rabbit says no, didn't give him the file. He's been in contact with him a bit, but you know, he didn't he didn't give it to him. We could go and look at all the rest of this stuff, but the point of the matter is someone is lying. And it's Jason and I Goodman. I don't like being lied to. And I don't like being maligned. And I am not going to engage in Skype phone calls with a liar. So at this point, so you can he, he's in a, he's in the chat room. Basically, Jason's live on YouTube, and the Fango is in that room, and he's typing uh, because you are. I think it says liar. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. You I are to talk a to the big man. liar. Boom. So live back and forth. This is like Anchorman, like. You know, two TV stations, you know, we used to call it live, uh, live on live. If You know, one morning show called the other one, and you were both broadcasting each other, and that would be live on live. So this is kind of like live on live. Now, this isn't uh, DeFango's broadcast. This is DeFango's broadcast of Jason's broadcast. So they're both streaming at the same time. See, I'm, so, I'm not kind of new to that. I get the technology a little bit now, but... It's really helping to find out if people, I don't know, maybe have a temper. And Kim, Kim Kim.com, I did not know who you were until this whole thing started. I did not know about Mega Upload. I didn't know that your house got raided by the FBI. I don't even know the details of that. I presume it has something to do with files that were uploaded to Mega Upload. And I do know that there was a Five Eyes meeting in New Zealand. Now, doesn't Kim live in New Zealand? Hmm. I think so. Wasn't James Colony and Mike Pompey Here we go. Here comes. In New Zealand? Yeah. And so if Kim's been raided by the FBI and he's got this big legal problem, do you think it's possible that those guys might be putting pressure on Kim? Kim, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I don't like being lied to. And I don't like people spoofing the Seth Rich files. I son of a bitch. I think he had a call come in. What was his name in uh, Die Hard uh, with a Vengeance or Die Hard uh, whatever with pizza? What what the fuck was it? Warlock, Warlock, right? Kevin Smith played Warlock. This dude's like Warlock. Defango's like Warlock, man. He's, he's got his face is illuminated. You know, I, I'm sure he's just looking at like a. Like a ten by ten screen. It's a television technically, but it's all it's like fifteen different windows are opened up and he's got like oh we you know like yeah, we got I'm rocking five generators just to stay on the air, man. <laughs> I love this dude DeFango. So uh I'm not sure what happened here. I think DeFango oh no, I see. He's right now DeFango is trying to Skype call. He's just pissing. He's like, and I'm not going to answer any Skype calls. And what does what does Defango do? He Skype call him. I know. Oh, you should take this all serious, Ledge. I get. Listen, listen. The storyline is very serious, but the players, the characters, the broadcasters, the investigators. Uh, the people like me, they're more of a repeater of information and hopefully give you enough different stuff to go after. So then you go and do your own thing or, or click on a website. The, the, if I could, it's 
kind of like leaving Earth and looking, and and suddenly, somehow, eventually, you just see the whole planet. Well, that's how I see new media. Uh, no matter how many dime times away they they um, try to quell it, kill it, it just it's it's a hydra. It's got too many heads, and lo and behold, everybody gets a face, everybody gets a voice, <clears throat> everybody gets an opinion, everybody gets a seat at the table. Everybody gets to say something. It used to be just the broadcasters or just the, you know, the DJs or whatever. Not anymore. So the cream rises to the top. And someone like me with a broadcasting background, when I see these people kind of like, this guy's pretty cool. You know, he's he's not worried about, you know, he's sitting in a chair. He looks like he could use a shave. He looks like he's probably, you know, had a few cold ones, maybe smoked a bowl and he's just like one of those guys who can, he's like Neo in the Matrix. He sees everything in code. He's just right. And just, you can hear him type it. Man. So anyways, this is a little bit more about Jason Goodman's. Um, I don't know. Here we go. He's trying to, yeah. yeah he's trying to call him. I think, he answer, I think he's actually typing now. Uh, my screen's just not big enough. So, wow. <laughs> Exposed. We were receiving a phone call from someone who, up until yesterday, I thought was a white hat. So during his live stream, I love this. It's like you call, It's like you're prank calling the other radio station. <laughs> prank call, prank call. What's his name again? That's who that was. So, DeFango. Here we go. Lose my number. Here we go. Don't call me. Get Kim to call me on Skype and tell me who is spoofing the Seth Rich files. He just went all Hulk on him, man. Just every vein in his forehead is like, ah! Now, what if it's uh, all three of these people, Webb, Goodman, and DeFango, are all just government plants to make it look cool? Now, I don't think that. I don't. But you always got to wonder, like, where's the mole? Is the mole there leading the charge, or is the mole uh, questioning everything and saying, you know, or lying about? Or, But the thing is, you have so many people... With computer skills, who can open a file and realize all of the things that government or uh, three-letter agencies can do to track an email, everything from obviously the server or the IP address, not just that stuff, but just the code that's embedded in things and, and levels and levels and levels. That is, that's that kind of guy. That's that's who this Defango guy is. And apparently, he called out some of their so-called info. So that's really what that was about. This is really what they're about. Uh, I would suggest, see, as this story keeps getting bigger and more and more people are getting involved, it really does remind me of the early 9-11 truth movement. Uh, Dave Von Kleist did a video called 9-11 in plain, as an airplane, plain sight. Eric Huffschmidt did, uh, I think it was called Difficult Questions. I want to say Phil Jahan was a, had a theory about Maybe a control pod under Flight 175 or what was it? There were these people very early on 
that were just putting information up there and some got known as, oh, you're a pod person or you're a no planer. And, and in the early years of hardly knowing anything and people just going with stock footage and recordings from the day and the news reports, slowly piecing together the story of 9-11, not the same one we believed or I'm sorry, that we were told. I see that happening now. I see the same thing. I see people, hey, you guys are going to get pissed at each other. You know what? At the end of the day, honestly, I don't really care that much about you. Hope you both have a great life. Here's what I fucking care about. At the end of the day, at the end of the videos, at the end of the fight, did I get the fucking truth? Did I get the truth? Because if I did, you're still both cool in my book. I don't pick I don't pick sides in disagreements and fights. Uh, it's just like a big family. If you're all legit and you're all truly working at things, and here's what happens. People people pick shit apart when you're investigating something. You have to. Loose change went through three different versions. Okay? Or four. I think God, Danielson Jada, didn't he narrate the fourth one? I think. So picture that refining the story, and what would we mean by refining the story is if something's been debunked, if something is a lie, if we've broadcast of and loose change too. Oh, by the way, what happened at Cleveland Airport and yada yada yada. And meanwhile, there's no real evidence to support that, and it's all just conjecture. That isn't going to be in loose change part three. That's what I see happening live right now during the Seth Rich story. I don't get me wrong; it's entertaining. Um, you know, watching someone lose it on the internet and watching the guy who is now pissing him off giggling at the same time. I mean, that's fucking priceless. <laughs> it's like watching family fight from thousands of miles away. At the end of the day, that's all I care about. What is the goddamn truth? Now, I've been featuring a couple of guys, maybe twice. Uh, I have, I've done H.A. Goodman a couple of times. I, I tried to feature different people, and I actually wanted to to uh, to do my next, my last video here. I wanted to play this guy last week. Not only because I think his name is Nico House, by the way. Mikasa Sukasa? I always thought it was Yukasa. Mikasa Yukasa. So it's Mikasa Sukasa. Okay. So um, I had no idea, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this guy's pretty smooth. He's got a good, you know, smile. He's got, you know, nice, yeah, everything from nice vocabulary to uh, a little bit of a sense of humor. Sometimes they leak a little of their own personal tastes. If they're like maybe pro-cannabis or something, you'll see him comment. But he's been pretty spot on on a Seth Rich thing. And I didn't even know, and I, I swear to God, I've been watching his videos for probably a week, two now, two weeks, three weeks. And I didn't realize he was one of the three originators of the DNC lawsuit. So this isn't just a guy with a podcast, and he's only got, th- when I mean only, I mean he's, he's new to it. Uh, someday he'll have 380,000 subscribers. Right now he has 3.8 thousand, a little under 4,000. But this video's got 1,500 views. And what you're finding also, by the way, if you're following these storylines, I don't spend a ton of time on them. Because I doesn't I don't want this to be like oh these three broadcasters are like brothers and they're always standing up for each other and and this broadcaster over there attacked them and then these are the videos of you know his name is David Pakman and he's been lying about H A Goodman and I'm going to stick up so 
some of what you're going to hear is kind of that storyline if you're new to this, like a lot of us are. But I think it's very important to understand that this man right here, Nico House, is one of the three people literally who created and and got the momentum going. And I don't know, I'm assuming he knew Sean Lucas. Sean's a man that delivered the lawsuit. Uh, but this is Nico House, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play him a little bit. Uh, he seems like a very cool guy, like the kind of guy you want to like maybe sit around, smoke a bowl with, and talk about life and shit. Um, by the way, I dig I dig a lot of the people's stances here because I know I'm getting you a lot of these people over the last couple of weeks because they really did kind of want to s- sink into the Seth Rich story. And as as we do as we did earlier, we found out wow he might have been alive and doing well in the hospital. Is that a maybe? Is that a possibility? Who is this doctor? Who is the attending physician? It was the fucking evidence. Okay? The attending physician. Now, remember now, if if there were shenanigans at the hospital, then that is all part of the police report, too. Not just the medical records of the hospital, but if, I don't know, Sergeant so-and-so and and Sergeant so-and-so said there were no doctors and nurses when they went to visit. And they said he was a VIP. He wasn't just some gunshot victim. Two hours later, he's dead. So there's a story within a story, and that happens a lot. Okay, um, Nico, this is really my introduction from me to you guys. I, I, I dig this cat. He's got just a, a wonderful, genuine smile. You can tell he's authentic. You can tell the things. I don't know these political people's backgrounds. I know they're all politically motivated, and I don't know how they've gotten, in you know, intersected in my uh, path in the universe. But I'm glad these people exist. They're cool. Uh, they're motivated. They're smart, and they're bonding, and they're getting, and they're and they're watching each other's back. And that's really what this one's about. That's why I kind of want to end it with this. Is because the last one you heard is. Well, a couple of people involved in the same storyline are really pissing each other off. <laughs> oh, and here you have the other way around. Nico talks about his good friend H.A. Goodman being slandered by David Pakman. Now, I've seen Pakman, and he's got, I think, 400,000 subscribers. Uh, so I've seen him, uh, you know, here and there on online. But apparently he went after H.A. Goodman. Basically, Pacman went after anybody that's looking into the Seth Rich story and just went, oh, conspiracy theory this, conspiracy theory, oh, there's no, oh, these people are wasting your time. It was a real hit piece. It was a hit piece. Now, I'm going to say it one last time. Is Pacman trying to do good by throwing gasoline on a fire that more people should be paying attention to? Will some of Pacman's listeners, uh, you know, jump ship? The reason all of the things I've talked about this evening fascinate me that way, and it's very important, is that these guys are going to be family. These guys might start their own new newspaper someday, do their own thing, start their own blog, never be bought out, never compromise, be in love with giving people the truth and chasing information regardless of their own personal beliefs. Maybe we get there. I hope we do. All right, I'll be back in a little while. Say goodbye. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nico House, and I am host of the political radio show Mikasa Sukasa. And um, 
as I am in the middle of making a video, I see my good friend H.A. Goodman has been wrongfully attacked again. Uh, quite honestly, was straight lied on. Uh, and I'm like, oh Lord. I, I look at the video, I say, oh damn. Who got H.A. worked up, man? Who got H.A. worked up? And, you know, I thought it was just some normal, you know, uh, people complaining, putting words in his mouth, which that, that is true. Somebody did put words in his mouth. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was Twitter, Twitter beef. Once again, people doing what they do, which we deal with daily. It's, it's part of the life. But it wasn't just that. But once again, someone with a large platform decided they wanted to try to ridicule and slander a progressive journalist. David Pakman decided that he was going to tell the world that uh, H.A. Goodman said that he personally had FBI sources. And of course, uh, if you follow me and you follow Tim Black and you follow H.A., you know that one thing H.A. is not going to do is let someone lie on his name. And he asked him on Twitter, okay, where I say that at? And David Pakman all of a sudden, oh, well, uh, I, I don't know where, where, where I got that from. I, I need a source. I need to do some sourcing. No, it's because he never said it. And in fact, if you go to H.A.'s channel, which I suggest you do, H.A.'s video contains the quote that he is trying to say that H.A. made, that David Pakman is trying to say that H.A. made, um, saying that he, David Pakman tried to say that H.A. claimed that he had personal FBI sources. And then he literally says, H.A. in the video, in the interview with Jordan Sheraton from TYT, uh, he literally says, I don't have personal sources. So he took something that H.A. said out of context and tried to twist it and insult him. Now, first of all, stop. You know what? We're going to get to the, the larger problem that I've been seeing out here in this progressive journalism communities with these political analysts. Now, simply because you have a platform and you talk nice and you got a few people to invest in your channel and people share your work and you have memberships and you have a nice website, that does not make you a political analyst. Because you can go to CNN and read word for word what they're talking about and you can complain about Trump the very obvious, it's so easy. I know people on the street who can give me good political analysts about why most of Trump's politics aren't acceptable. You're not bold. You're not groundbreaking. You lack conviction. There are too many journalists, analysts, on the internet who told a lie because they don't want to piss off neoliberals. They don't want to make bold predictions. But you do you know who will make bold predictions for you? H.A. In most of his predictions, the only one that hasn't come true was that the FBI probing Hillary Clinton would lead to a conviction. But the only reason it didn't wasn't because his, for, his facts weren't correct, wasn't because his sources weren't correct, but because we eventually come to find out that the entire system was corrupt all the way to Comey, including his ties with the Clinton Foundation. But he predicted Viner, uh, Uma Abedin's husband, 
would be dealt with and he is currently being dealt with. He said that the email probe was going to be continued to be talked about and it was as we as we just saw there was a hearing 2 weeks ago about how James Comey dealt with the email situation. We, me, H.A. Goodman, Tim Black and a couple of others were bold enough while the primary was still going on to say Trump is going to win. If Bernie Sanders does not win this primary, here is exactly how it will happen. Here are the numbers supporting this theory when everyone else was calling us crazy because we were bold enough to, God forbid, do some political analyses. What people come to us for. Now, simply because you told the line, you aren't racist and you believe in basic human rights, That doesn't make you progressive. You're not bringing anything innovative to the table. And I am tired of people, journalists, like some from TYT, like David Pakman, and others attacking people like H.A. Goodman, attacking people like George Webb, who was putting his life in danger every single day, attacking people like Jared H. Beck and this lawsuit when people are calling him an opportunist when he is doing all this right now. They are in debt because of this case. Attacking people like myself for being bold enough to make the claims that you want, for being bold enough to draw the conclusions that you are scared to, to attack not only conservatives with conviction, but attack crooked Democrats, liberals, and anyone else alike with that same ferocity because the truth is the only thing that matters. Fucking it. The objective truth. We don't have to do ad hominem attacks. H.A. doesn't have to add hominid attack anyway. H.A. has source after source after source after source after source. And if you watch his videos, you would know this. Guess what? When everyone else was so scared and was claiming Fox Redacted, Fox Redacted, Fox Redacted, including you, David Pakman, you want to insult Fox News because it's so easy to do that. But what you didn't cover was the fact that it was almost zero to redact. Because... The private investigator did not retract that statement. Nor did you talk about the fact, because I follow your channel, I was a uh, so-so fan, but I liked you because you did at least, at the bare minimum, you would present new facts sometimes. But you didn't talk about the fact that the private investigator had no longer, that never retracted his statements. Not once. You didn't talk about the fact that after... After he was fired, he brings up the fact that Donna Brazil was implicated... In his investigation, you haven't talked about that. You didn't talk about the fact that the DNC brought up their cleanup crew. And these are all extremely pertinent circumstantial circumstantial evidence. But you want to gloss over the surface with some nice little bold, you know, so, so something that you could put in bold print but won't piss too many people off. So you can say, oh, but we don't know. But it could be like that's not political analysis. So if you're going to criticize someone, if you're going to insult someone, first of all, get your facts straight. Because at the bare minimum, you may not like all of H.A.'s political analyses. You may not like Tim Black's political analyses. You may not like Harbass's political analyses, David Opperman. You, you may not like everyone's political analyses. But at least 
they're bold enough to make them. At least they're bold enough to do something outside of reading a damn news article that anyone could find online. H.A. sit there in front of that web camera and built his fan base from nothing. Very similar to you. But guess where that fan base came from? Guess where that support base came from? Because he was building more facts than anybody else at that time. Tim Black, the same thing. Providing analyses when other people were scared to. You're a journalist. I'll give you that. Not saying much. Anybody with a camera can be a journalist now. But progressive, that's questionable. Because the key word, obviously, in progressive is progress. And just simply regurgitating the status quo and pretending that you're, you know, just because you, you hate Trump. And that's, that's not progressive. That's neoliberal as it comes. I bet you didn't talk about the fact that Trump is actually introducing parental leave and making the business to pay for it. You probably didn't talk about that. It doesn't fit a neoliberal agenda. It doesn't mean you can toe that line that you like to toe so much. So please, once again, if you want to attack people, get your facts straight. H.A. is one of the best political independent journalists and independent analysts that we have out there. And you should be wanting to work with him, not insult him. But hey, whatever you can do to get your numbers up, right? Anyway. Thanks. Anyway, yeah. This is a young man, classy man, probably, I don't know, mid-20s, something like that. He wants to keep it classy. Watching, I remember. He says, thank you for watching. I like how he ends his, his broadcast. Find your balance. Find your balance. I love that. Great line. That means a lot. Cover any category in your life. Any category. It's good stuff. <clears throat> so I think what we have here... Is Brotherhood's kind of being built uh, yet another wave? If you just consider, yes, new media is almost like a tide coming in. There's waves of it taking place. You know, it goes way back to obviously what I think is Alex Jones is less corporate driven. I know that sounds funny, but back when things were raw and the studio was small and it was a small payroll and there wasn't a ton of pressure, now it's it's uh, it's you know it's a big operation. Uh, I don't watch it on a regular basis. If there is, I, I do subscribe to his channel still. If I see something uh, Seth Rich related, <clears throat> um, or if it's just a nothing burger that's been pimped and promoted for five straight days and then shows up and it's like, well, it's not really news about that sort of related, but it's not. And so those guys exist, and they've been around forever. And there's a lot of them that have been doing it even longer. I don't even know who they are. I keep stumbling upon them because the algorithm goes, if you like this guy, you might like. And that's how I found Hard Bastard. And, and you know, so what I'm trying to do in the last couple of weeks in playing these guys is encourage you to support them, find them, listen to them, watch them. Um, <clears throat> and really... Um, just feel that connection. It's a good time. It really is. I know this is just one topic, but it's not. That's why, that's why I've been harping on this for so long. The Seth Rich story is there's a lot going on with it on a huge national level, all the way down to the private personal lives of a few people. 
uh, political connections, political intrigue, uh, maybe uh, uh, even more complications in his actual death. Don't let this story die. Learn about it. And, uh, you know, if I don't want to cheapen his death or or Lucas or, or anybody else who's <laughs> falls within that. <clears throat> it's like a big circle around Hillary Clinton and the circle just keeps getting bigger and more and more people end up accidentally dying. Oops. So connect with these people. Check them out. Next week, we'll come back, and we won't be playing their stuff. We'll be doing what we normally do here. A lot going on in my life. Don't really feel like talking about it right now. Believe me, all kinds of things are taking place, and uh, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, by the way, the numbers just uh, so consistent in this podcast. They just monu- monumentally, incrementally just keep going up and up and up and up. And uh, I like that. That means that some of it, by the way, is some of you guys going back and listening to older shows. If you're newer to me, you're like, hey, this, this ledge guy isn't too bad. Or, you know, I kind of like the stuff he's doing on Seth Rich. And, oh, let's let's go back and, you know, oh, geez, I didn't realize he'd done this many shows. Oh, I didn't realize he was a terrestrial radio guy. So you're moving, like, backwards down my timeline and you're getting to know me. But all I know is you guys are downloading, you're clicking. All I can do is say thank you. I don't know all the uh, fancy mumbo-jumbo that comes along <laughs> with iTunes. <laughs> yeah, I make it sound so complicated. <laughs> well, the bottom line is you guys are uh, checking us out, and I appreciate that. Um, some really interesting things happening for me in the cannabis industry. Just about getting ready to get started with that. When I when a little bit farther down the road with that, I will tell you guys all about it, and I will also fall. Uh, actually, there'll be a small piece of business in the broadcast, and it'll only be for people that are curious about getting their medical marijuana card. And this is for Florida residents only. And basically, we're talking the triangle from Ocala north to Orlando down to Sarasota, Bradenton, maybe a little farther. And uh, all I'm going to say is I am finally aligning the stars for something I'm so passionate about. The cannabis plants, the storyline, everything that I keep posting, as well as, yes, I get to use my skill set as a communicator and, yeah, make a few bucks. So it's all good. Wonderful place. Kelly and I get to move in on the new crib in today, seven, uh, 20 days, uh, 13 days. No, 14, 15 days. So things are going great. Um, the reason I've been pounding this Seth Rich story, I'm not going to say it again. This is probably one of the most intriguing and possibly, I'm not going to say it's going to change the system, but it'll, it'll change one wing of it enough where maybe there is some transparency and maybe it won't be people decided in back rooms with cigars like DNC's lawyers talked about. Unbelievable storyline. Oh, by the way, the movie rights are probably going to be called, what, Botched Robbery, right? Botched Robbery. The Seth Rich story and everything connected to it. Um, Rest in peace, Seth. There are people on the case for all different kinds of motivational reasons. And, of course, we want your, your parents to have some peace as well. I never want to cheapen your death while we talk about this. I always made sure I did that with 9-11 victims, too. All right, guys, talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.
I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>